Welcome to You Might Relate, a podcast where we take relationships and mental health to the next level. I am Stacy Heaps, a licensed clinical social worker, and I have been practicing therapy for the last 15 years. There are counseling concepts and stories that I am excited to share. When we know better, we do better. Together, let's get to a place of radical acceptance of where we are while improving relationships and tackling life's transitions, one therapy concept and one story at a time. So let's get started to see if you relate. Hello and welcome to You Might Relate. I am so glad you're here today. Summer is kicking off. I personally just had a son who graduated high school and I am all ready for pickleball and so excited for summer. I hope you are too. Today, we are going to talk about what adverse childhood experiences are and the acronym for it is ACEs. So ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences and it affects children and families across all communities. Adverse childhood experiences can impact a kid's health and well-being and can have long-term effects on adults and health wellness. And it can have consequences that affect entire families, communities, and our whole society. So I am going to tell you the story of how ACEs even came about. In the 90s, there was a doctor. His name was Dr. Vincent Filetti. And he worked at a weight loss clinic and he was helping people lose lots of pounds. And these people would come in and man, they lost their first hundred pounds and they lost their second hundred pounds. And then they just would not come back. And it was happening so often. And he was so curious and surprised because he's thinking, well, they have all this success in losing weight. I don't know why they don't want to just get to their end result. They're almost there. They're so close. But then they drop out of the program. And here he is, Dr. Vincent Filetti. He's a physician specializing in preventative medicine, but he's running this weight loss clinic. Actually, this is in the 80s. And they weren't coming back after they've lost all this weight. And so he started to question whether there might be a deeper connection as to why they're not coming back. What's happening? Why is this pattern happening? So he dug into their files and noticed that they had some really hard childhoods. He teamed up with this Dr. Robert Anda at the CDC, and together they embarked on a groundbreaking study that would later turn into the ACE test. Dr. Filetti and Dr. Anda surveyed over 17,000 participants, and they investigated the relationship between childhood experiences and health outcomes. And they designed this questionnaire that assessed various types of adverse experiences that individuals might have faced when they were children or during their formative years. That's when our brains are being developed, right? So much to their astonishment, the study revealed a profound connection between childhood trauma and a range of negative health outcomes later in life. Not only were those individuals with high ACE scores more likely to struggle with weight loss, but they struggled with things like chronic diseases, mental health disorders, and other health challenges. After they're like, well, it, it influences their physical, mental, and emotional well-being in such profound ways, we got to talk about this and study it even more. And so they created this test that assigns a score base 
on the presence and severity of 10 types of adversities. And I will give you the test in just a little bit. So if you want to get your pencil and paper out to take the test, you can. So the ACE test not only brought attention to the link between childhood trauma and health outcomes, but it also highlighted the importance of early intervention, prevention, and support for individuals who have faced adverse experiences. And it just shed light on our overall well-being, right? And how we need to, as doctors and therapists and school counselors and teachers, we all need to have a more comprehensive approach to healthcare and social support systems and to understand why someone is maybe behaving the way they're behaving. So I think that we owe this huge debt of gratitude to Dr. Vincent Filetti for his dedication, his curiosity. Instead of blaming the people, he could have totally been like, those guys are just lazy. He didn't. He said, there's got to be a reason for this. I'm going to go in and be curious and study. Now, if we could do that in our relationships as well, we'd be so much better off. There was a scenario at my house just recently. So this is kind of off the topic, but the two brothers are testing each other's nerves a little bit. And one says, oh, well, he's just being impossible. And I'm like, well, there's a probably a reason for him being impossible. So go find out the reason. Just go get curious with him. Ask him what's going on in his life that he would act that way, right? Our brains develop and do new things, enabling us to adapt at every age, but childhood and early childhood in particular, right? It's the most sensitive and critical period of time for brain development. And as a child interacts with the world and their experiences, both positive and negative, stimulate the brain, causing it to form neural pathways that lay the foundation for lifelong cognitive and behavior functioning. So we can think of development as the brain is like the site of a town. So you can lay out road work. You're laying down roads according to, it, in the brain's case, according to experiences. So you have an experience and then you've laid down a path. And the more you have that experience, the bigger the path is going to get and the stronger. And then it's paved and it becomes a real roadway or a highway. And you're laying out this grid work of the town according to your experiences the more you have experiences, the stronger those electrical circuits are going to be. And that's going to shape the way you think and act and view the world. That's so important, right? And so I love this analogy of this little town that we're building. I used to watch Pollyanna as a kid, and I really think that shaped my view of the world. Because if I remember right, I haven't watched it in a while, but she was just this blonde and she said hi to all the neighbors and she was so upbeat and helped everybody. So just that small movie shaped my brain to think it's very important to have connections and to say hi to everyone and to be nice to everyone, right? I created this neuropathway or this road in my neighborhood brain and I feel like it helped me create safe, stable, nurturing relationships because I did nice things for other people. They did nice things for me. We built trust because we we're making eye contact and talking a lot. And I wasn't afraid to talk to adults. And I really had this view because in Pollyanna, everyone loves her. Everyone loves her. And so I just had this view like, I am just like Pollyanna. Everybody loves me. And I don't know if that's true, but I am just going to go with it. So if someone else's experience might be that they were neglected or abused, well, their town, their brain is going to have different 
neural pathways that taught them a different thing, that adults weren't safe, that adults didn't like them, that they can't trust adults. So our experiences really do shape how we see ourselves and how we see the world. When children have ample opportunities to learn and explore. In this setting, children acquire a range of experiences that stimulate different parts of the brain, allowing for healthy, balanced development. Some degree of adversity and stress is normal. We don't want to completely eliminate all stress from our kids. We need them to have some stress, and that would be normal, and it wouldn't be human if they didn't have it, right? It's an essential part of human development that can help children learn how to react to future challenges. But a child who's repeatedly exposed to adversities like abuse, neglect, or unstable relationships and environments may experience what's known as toxic stress. Now think about something that's toxic. We stay away from lead paint and we stay away from red dyes and we're trying to be all free and clear over here. Things that are toxic will affect us. Environments and relationships that are toxic will affect us. And I harp on this all the time. Words will affect us. So it's important how we say things. And this toxicity can disrupt brain development. So if you have a very young baby who cries when they're hungry and a mother comes over and feeds the baby and helps the baby settle down and gets to sleep or changes the diapers five, 10 times a day and then is laid down, those electric currents are laid in the brain. And so the baby learns that when you cry, you get fed, you get soothed, and you then go to sleep, right? So the baby can trust. And that experience is coded into the brain, just like any other experience. So good experiences can help the way the brain develops in a certain way. And if you have adverse experiences, the same baby cries and cries, and the parents are addicted to opiate drugs, let's say, and they ignore the baby, and the baby is left alone for 10 hours in the dark. That baby's brain is still developing, but it's going to develop in a different way. Their experience is so much different, and it's going to say, you can cry and cry and escalate that stress response as much, and nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. And the interruption of that is the brain realizing that they're not going to get soothed. But the child learns that the world is an unsafe place and that they are insignificant. There's no one out there to help them. And that is all laid down in the brain as well. There are different forms of stress that any individual is exposed to. There's positive stress, and that oftentimes is very short-term, but it's something that everybody experiences. So even if you said waking up in the morning, going to work, going to school, that's kind of a form of stress. It's very short-term, but then you can have neutral forms of stress too. There are resources and support that can help you adapt to it, whereas there are other kinds of things, more long-term negative stress, and that's where toxic stress fits into. Things in which person doesn't have resources, doesn't get the support, and these things can have a negative effect, especially long-term consequences on that individual. So it's toxic in that sense. And the body responds to that stress, and all of our bodies respond to stress in a different way. Some of us get stomach aches, some of us get migraines, but when there is stress, it produces a hormone called cortisol. And that constant production of cortisol has a negative effect on our brain development, on our neurological development, and on other kinds of organs and tissues in the body. 
So when we experience stress or encounter a threat, the brain triggers the body to produce hormones that activate a stress response or what's then the fight or flight response. And I like to say fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. That's what we do. And that's what we do when we feel there are threats or in a moment of crisis, this response is necessary and potentially life-saving, but stress can become toxic. When the stress response system is activated frequently or for a prolonged period of time, if a child is constantly afraid, his or her body and brain will remain on high alert, preparing him or her to react should a threat return. And their body will continually produce stress hormones and the stress response system will remain activated. And the brain drawing energy away from other neural pathways in need of development or maintenance. So Sometimes I'll hear people say, I think my 40-year-old is kind of like an 11-year-old. And then I want to say, well, what happened at 11? That they, in at least that way, they got stuck in a stress response at that age. And now their brain got stunted in a way and they experienced toxic stress and their map looks a lot different than someone else's map in their brain, Right. So in a child experiencing toxic stress, parts of the brain that might be weakened are those regulating complex functions like emotional self-regulation and social interactions and abstract thinking. This may have consequences throughout life and can result in social, behavioral, and cognitive challenges. Toxic stress implies a certain level of adversity, and that often occurs early in life within childhood. So children who have experienced adverse childhood experiences have been found through very diligent research through Dr. Filetti to be at increased risk for a number of long-term problems when they reach adolescence and adulthood. And these problems really span multiple domains. Obviously, they can have behavioral problems, physical problems, emotional problems. So if you think about it, children who have had early adversity are at much higher risk for major depression and suicidality for anger management, problems for delinquency and dropping out of school, high-risk behavior, teen pregnancy, runaway, criminals, and then liver disease, lung disease, heart disease. And it has a profound long-term impact potentially, right? Even into adulthood. And yet the brain is capable of healing. Effective treatments can help those who are affected by early adversity and give them a chance to heal from traumas. That's why we want to do early prevention as much as possible and learn new ways to interpret and react. If we can help people to learn new ways to interpret and react to stressors and other stimuli, fortified by that information, so we can shift the conversation away from one that blames and punishes people for inappropriate actions or reactions and behaviors that developed in childhood due to adversity and trauma. And instead, we can champion the need for expanded services and opportunities that help people overcome early adversity. And we can focus on ways to prevent abuse, neglect, and other challenges before they occur. I don't want to imply that any child who experiences early adversity is on a mission where they inevitably will experience these adverse effects long-term, many kids are resilient, and so they are able to overcome adversity very early on. But that's not everyone. 
And some adults will experience those long-term effects, but there are ways that we can help the adults. And very often there are some people that will come in and in talking with a teenager or a child, it'll come out that the parent has never taken care of their adverse childhood effects and they are passing it on to their kids somehow. So it's important to know what your own score would be and for you to get your own help for it so we don't pass that on. It's not too late. We can all still get help. We can still get therapy and you can work through and move on and not have an increased risk of adversity or passing it on to your kids. There are programs and therapy that can help everyone develop the skills that you might not have developed as a kid because of your adverse experience. And it might be skills related to planning, controlling your emotions, controlling impulses, getting a hold of that automatic response, that jump to anger, getting hold of that and calming it down. Learning how to do that can help tremendously. We want to be careful to not judge somebody for how they are reacting or responding. And if they are acting or responding in a negative way, you can maybe even think, gosh, they must have never learned. They had an adverse childhood experience that prevented them from learning this coping skill. And that's why they're behaving that way. And again, our best way to help someone is to be curious or to have boundaries for ourselves. This ACE test not only brought attention to the link between childhood trauma and health outcomes, but highlighted the importance of early intervention, prevention, and support for individuals who have faced adverse experiences. The significance of Dr. Filetti's work extended beyond the weight loss clinic and transformed our understanding of human health. It actually shed light on the profound influence that childhood experiences have on our overall well-being and called for a more comprehensive approach to healthcare and social support systems. We owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Vincent Valetti for his dedication, curiosity, and the immense contributions he has made to our understanding of the human psyche and the complex interplay between childhood trauma and adult health outcomes. So now let's talk about the actual test. The ACE tests consists of 10 questions divided into three main categories. The first one is abuse. The second one is neglect. And the third one is household dysfunction. Participants respond to each question with a simple yes or no to indicate whether they experience the specific adversity mentioned in the question before the age of 18. So I'm going to give you all the tests. Now, if you want to pull out a paper and pencil and mark down yes or no, you're going to add up your yeses at the end. And remember, all these questions only count to be a yes if they happen before the age of 18, or you could say before the age you moved out of the house. So maybe you didn't move out till you were 19, so then I would still count that. Okay, so here's the test. Are you ready? Number one. Did you experience any physical abuse during your childhood? So did your parents hit you? Did a big brother hit you or push you down the stairs or throw something at you? Okay, so did you experience any physical abuse during your childhood? Number two, did you experience any emotional abuse during your childhood? And what constitutes emotional abuse? Signs of emotional abuse would be that someone is hypercritical or judgmental toward you. They ignore boundaries, invade your privacy, 
they are possessive or controlling, they are manipulative, and they'll often dismiss you and your feelings. The third one is, did you experience any sexual abuse during your childhood? The fourth one, did you experience physical neglect during your childhood? Were you fed? Did you have clothes? Okay, number five, did you experience emotional neglect during your childhood? And so in case you're wondering what examples of emotional neglect may be, it would be lack of emotional support during difficult times or illness. So withholding or not showing affection, any exposure to domestic violence. So even if you didn't experience violence to your person, witnessing it, maybe your parents, you saw your dad or mom beat each other up, that would be emotional neglect as well. It's a lack of emotional support during difficult times or illness and someone withholding or not showing affection. So that would be emotional neglect. Okay, so that's number five. Number six, did you witness your mother being treated violently during your childhood? Give yourself a point or give yourself a yes if you did. Number seven, did you grow up in a household where someone was a problem drinker or alcoholic? And sometimes I get people here asking me, what if my mom or dad was a dry alcoholic? So that's someone who maybe doesn't drink but acts and has the patterns of an alcoholic. And I would say, yeah, then you could probably say put yes on number seven. Okay, number eight. Did you grow up in a household where someone used illegal drugs or misused prescription medications? Number nine. Did you grow up in a household where someone had a mental illness? So did your mom or dad have schizophrenia, borderline, bipolar, depression, anxiety? And last but not least, did you grow up in a household where your parents were separated or divorced? So each yes response to these questions represents one point on the ACE score. The higher the ACE score, the greater the cumulative exposure to adverse experiences during childhood. It's important to note that the ACE test captures a range of adverse experiences, and each question reflects a different dimension of potential childhood trauma. These experiences can have a lasting impact on an individual's well-being and influence their responses to various life situations. The ACE test has proven to be a valuable tool in raising awareness about the potential effects of childhood trauma on adult health outcomes. So it's really good to understand what your ACE score is and to gain insight into the factors that may contribute to our reactions, behaviors, and overall well-being. It is essential to approach the test with self-care and seek professional support, you know, like a therapist, if you find results triggering or you need assistance in processing your experiences. And soon we will have an EMDR therapist come on and join us so you can hear about how to process experiences like that through EMDR. Receiving help and support is so crucial for individuals with high ACE scores to address the effects of childhood trauma and promote healing. So here's some ways you can seek assistance. Number one, therapeutic support. Engage with a mental health professional. It's not scary, I promise. I mean, it's it can be a little scary. Go to a few of them and find one that gets you, sees you, and you fit well. Your personalities mesh together. Doing that can be so beneficial. 
They provide a safe place for individuals to explore and process their experiences. They develop coping mechanisms and they work towards healing and recovery. Another good thing is support groups. Oh my word, it's definitely on top of the list. Participating in support groups with individuals who have similar experiences can be really helpful. These groups provide a sense of community, validation, and understanding. And I know that you already know that you're not the only one that has experienced that. There's something about it when you are hearing someone else who has been through your same thing. It's just so validating. And support groups can be offered through community organizations, mental health clinics, or online platforms. You can find somewhere online if you want. And then, of course, medical care, seeking medical care from healthcare providers who understand the impact of childhood trauma is so important. They can address physical health concerns and help manage any associated symptoms and offer appropriate referrals or treatment. So a lot of the times, especially functional medicine now, but I would say even our MDs are saying, hey, let's do medical and therapeutic support all in one. Let's do it at the same time. And I think that's really healthy. And then, of course, self-care, our favorite two words, self-care and wellness practices engage in self-care activities such as regular exercise, healthy eating, relaxation techniques, doing the things that you love. It's so essential to reach out to qualified professionals who can provide personalized guidance based on your individual and specific needs and circumstances. When you go in, you sit down with your therapist and you can even say, hey, I listened to this podcast and I actually scored a six or a four on the ACEs test. They can help develop a tailored plan for healing for you and any related challenges that you have because of your high ACE score. I guess there's two things with this ACE score. Number one, we want to be aware that those questions, those 10 questions are something that we want to try to help our kids maybe not experience. But then also, this last one, did you grow up in a household where your parents were separated or divorced? It's not the actual divorce that was always the traumatic thing. It was the leading up to it, maybe even. So sometimes a divorce is the best thing for our kids, and it still can be traumatic. Or maybe the things leading up to the divorce were traumatic. Don't not get divorced if you think it's the right thing to do. Just because you're like, well, it'll go on their ACE test. Just know the physical, emotional, sexual abuse and neglect are something we don't want to experience and we don't want our kids to experience. And it does have lasting effects unless we're aware of it and consciously do something about it. We never want to take away hope because there is always hope. And the first thing is to be aware that our emotional well-being and our physical well-being go hand in hand. It's very hard to separate. All right, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have a great start of your summer and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today on You Might Relate. I hope this topic brought understanding and insight. And if you can relate to something in today's episode, subscribe and leave a review. I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at You Might Relate Podcast. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. The more understanding we create, the better we are as humans. You are in charge of your day, so go make it a good one. Catch you next time.